Oh my god. You what? Made... Sean went backwards and it scrambled my it's brain. Fine. It's but fine. It's... So like that was our our tenant crossover point. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Did you guys Time? watch that movie? No. No. Dude, it's fucking great. Watch Tenet. Welcome to Adventure Guys, yeah. the podcast for humans and dogs. I'm Eric the Human. I'm Nick the Human. I'm Sean the Human. I'm back. What? He's back and <laughs> jumping in quick. Oh. And hey. now, Sean, back again, yeah. two weeks in a row. Yeah. We have done that once before, but still, not a regular occurrence no, here on Adventure Guys. If you listened to our last episode, which I hope you did, we got into some crazy shit there at the end. Thing. A lot of people listened to our last episode. Yeah. It so was we... our most listened to episode first week premiere in Adventure Guys history so far. Let's go. Sean, they love you. When you're oh. on, the, the, the folks, the adventure heads love you. Thank you. The heads. The heads <laughs> or, or, really oh, oh, wait. Oh, no. I'm not, I'm not thinking of that episode. The episode before that. We put, we put out two episodes last week. Yeah. Everyone loves the episode. <laughs> Before me. <laughs> Hell yeah. I thought that, Eric, and I was like, I'm not going to correct you because I don't want to say that. Um, but yeah, you're back. Yeah, but last episode was really fun, too. Definite highlight. And at the end, we got into some new territory that none of us could have planned for. None of us even thought was possible. I didn't. But yet, we decided to just swim into new waters. Go out past the buoy where the lifeguard told us to and said, uh-uh. We're going into these dangerous waters, and here we are in this new episode in dangerous waters. This could be the unraveling of the Adventure Guys empire we have spent 40-some-odd weeks building, Eric. Well, we did just have our best play count week ever. Like We had over 200 plays last week, and we're going to pull the rug out from under that and just go in a different direction. Oh, now, yeah. So. We're going to sabotage because that's, that's, marketing, what we, baby. that's what we do. We sabotage things. <laughs> I think that if you're with us... On this episode, then you're going to be fucking in for the rest for the next 200 or whatever we have ahead of us. <laughs> you're the fans these guys are looking for. 300, 400. This podcast could go till we die. Who knows what's going to happen? Ideally, this podcast will never end because it'll keep making more episodes of Distant Lands. Yeah. And then they'll start the sequel series, Adventure Time 2. We've talked about it on Adventure a- Time 2 Electric Boogaloo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Eric, sometimes I've at this point. The conversations that we've had in private, post-show, pre-show, text, and what we say on the podcast is just scrambled in my heads, in my head. Yeah, but I don't know. But we have talked about how we love on air. Have we talked about how this approach to maintaining a legacy and keep making shit when you feel so creatively inspired to do so is just a great model that I wish more creative endeavors would try to do. We, yes. said that, we said that in here. Okay, well, I'm saying it again because more people need to. We <laughs> talked about bands breaking up, and it's like, well, why don't you just not break up, take a couple years off, stop touring, and then just make put some songs out when you feel really inspired to do it. Make a new episode of Twin Peaks. 
Once you don't have to wait twenty five years and make your magnum opus. Although I'm really glad he did because that's the best yeah, was season of television that I've ever seen. But I, I like this <laughs> approach that Disneyland is taking. And it was really, I, I didn't I didn't start Twin Peaks. I'm sorry to inform you guys. I know I said I oh, would last week, man. but I decided not to. You know what I did instead? I started a rewatch of Steven Universe. Oh my god! What wow. number are you on at this point? For the the seventh seventh time. Wow. I it's okay. So my reasoning was. I'm in a like a weird place creatively right now. Uh-huh. And finished your solo EP. I finished it. It's Woo! It, like I'm I was so happy to just like put it down and be like this is done. The audio is finished and uh it's on my Patreon for for those people there. Uh it's not going to get a public release for another 2 months. Um and I'm I'm actually talking with a publicist right now getting that whole rollout planned. But I was able to just finish that project and be like, I can take a break and I have time to put into whatever creative endeavor I choose. And so I decided that now is not the best time to get wrapped up in a crazy show like Twin Peaks Mm -hmm. that would distract me. (laughs) So I'd rather just watch something that's familiar and comfortable and do Steven Universe again while I... uh, I told you I'm practicing a lot of my drawing right now, yeah. getting into art stuff. So well, it's going to inspire that too. Like if you're really going heavy into the drawing, like go to one of your main sources of inspiration of why you probably even want to draw in the first place, right? Yes. Yeah, exactly. I like that. What I will say about Twin Peaks is, and Sean, that yeah. will definitely come along for yeah. this ride, is that you watch that show and you will be creatively inspired to go and do shit. Like you watch an episode oh, yes. or two and you're like, all right, I got to go write something. I got to go dive into my subconscious and mind that you know yeah i just i know the way that i operate uh-huh. like because i have seen the first season before it's been years uh-huh. and i did like it <clears throat> so i know that i'll get sucked in and i'll just spend like five or six hours a day watching uh-huh. peaks until it's finished and oh, right now I'm, I'm at <laughs> i'm at like a point where i i don't need to rush through the tv show i'm watching no. i know how steven universe goes I'm also playing a video game that I'm not like 100% interested in. So, you, so I can you, really only play it for like an hour a day. You're, you're structuring yourself smart. You know yourself. This is some adult shit. Although you're talking <laughs> yeah. about video games and cartoons, you are using it in a way that adults can. Which moderation. Is moderation, motivation to, to yeah. keep your leaving space in your brain to create. Self-awareness for your capacity of intake. Yeah, yeah. I like it. So I can't wait to see what comes of this period. I uh, I wrote drawing a frogs. whole bunch of new lyrics last night. Yeah. Um, and uh, I've got I've got a, a full length Scott album that's coming soon. I mean, relatively soon. Written. Within, yeah, within within the next maybe let's say five months, I hope to have another full length Scott album in the can. Of Eric Dado or Holophonic? Yeah. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> so well. <laughs> this man's on a mission. I love it. Um, sick. That's sick. What what are, what are we watch? Oh well, well first of all, we didn't talk about Bo Burnham. Did you you watch the special, right, Eric? I did. We watched it at the oh. same time, yeah, right? Did we, was... we didn't say it on air. I think we we hung we stopped recording, and then I was after the Distant Lands episode. And I was like, all right, I'm gonna go watch the Bo Burnham special. And you're like, that's what I'm gonna do right now. <laughs> I uh, here's a here's a Jeff Rosenstock quote. Oh my god. Jeff. 
uh, it was on an episode of Back to the Island where he, I, I don't remember the exact quote, so I'm just going to paraphrase. He equated, uh, if two people watch the same YouTube video at the same time, it's kind of like looking up at the same night sky from different parts of the world and, and looking at the same stars. Sure. <laughs> so we did that. Yeah. <laughs> it was very, very romantic. Very, very sad star. In, in yeah, I so I've I've always loved Bo Burnham's material. Yeah, and you know, I, when I saw that special pop up on Netflix, it's like, oh, it's been a while since uh, he's he's put anything out there. That mm-hmm. that kind of sucks because it's so great. I just always want more. And then he gets into why he 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 took a while to make yeah. more content. Yeah. <laughs> he did make a movie between the last two specials called Eighth Grade. Do you know about this? Really, movie? I don't know about that. It's like he wrote. And directed it, I believe, and it's centered around an eighth grade girl in today's experience with the internet and just how fucking crazy it is to be in eighth grade right now. Everyone who's seen it says that it's incredible and devastating, like Bo Burnham. School movies affect me so much. I don't know why, but like they hit me so hard that I almost can't even put them on. Like the thought of an eighth grade movie, I'm like, I don't want to go. Uh, access those feelings let's move forward <laughs> but i, I do yeah. want to watch it but inside I, i'll i mean look here's my review i watched inside and then i watched it again and i listened to the album this week and sh- and i rewatched multiple songs with sean yeah i've only seen like chunks of it so far but i need a deep dive it's fantastic it's wonderful so good it is it is like astounding how good it, every song in it is good and different. He really stepped up his songwriting and production game just on a musical front. Um, yeah. And the, the the everything is just so creative and inventive and emotionally vulnerable and and hitting. I know it's like it's shocking how how it cuts to the core over and over and over again. Yeah. It's like relentless. <laughs> For anyone who hasn't listened to this is my short review of it. I think that he is a uh, if you need comparisons I'd say he's Father John Misty meets Weird Al. That's what he is like. He kind of looks like Father John Misty. He's got this like real like satirical meta view on things, but then just his musicality and phrasing is definitely inspired a little bit by Al. Total Weird Al. He even yeah. kind of brings it up at some point uh, in, in, yeah, in right? the special, yeah, which yeah. is hilarious. And the meta and the commentary on everything is is spectacular. Sean, what was the first? Sean walked in while I was watching something. And just looked at me and was like, oh my God, what is that? Was it White Woman's Instagram? Today it was White Woman's Instagram. I walked in on a different one the other day, but yeah. No, yeah. it's just all so good. You know, the thing I love about it, you know, obviously the whole premise, not really giving too much away, is that he did the entire thing in a room in his house completely alone, you know, over the course of a year or whatever. But I really love the feeling it's all obviously like so well shot and he thought so hard about every single thing he did but it's like honestly from like a DIY perspective he's using gear we all could access anywhere at any time to do all of it it's like he's using one to two mics into like the cheapest focus right that you can buy and like simple lighting and projection and whatever like really really basic stuff but just like you know he took it to the nth degree of like creativity to make it all like perfectly dialed in the whole time you know 
which is like my yeah. one of my favorite things about it. Yeah. It was really, really cool and impressive. Um, watch it. I don't know what else to say. Um, I had something else to say about it, but I can't remember. But uh, yeah, it was good. It was a good week. That was a great thing that happened. Um, I took a nap right before we started this, Eric. I did you ever get? I, I've been. I had a meal. I don't want to name it because it's a nice local establishment that just zapped the energy right out of me. I don't know if that's ever <laughs> happened to you and. Another thing that's been weird, I'm just saying this out loud. My I've had this like weird shift in my taste and smell over the last few weeks. Like there's like a weird taste that keeps coming up. I know this is random and, and a non sequitur, but it's just I, I don't know. COVID after effects. Maybe. Can I guess what it what it what it tastes like? Yeah, what? Does just everything taste like poke now? <laughs> Too much poke. I OD'd on poke. It's like an iodine <laughs> overdose. <laughs> Oh no! My poke consumption has really skyrocketed. It's, it's a concern now. I think we need to talk about it. I had it four days in a row recently, which is it's oh, too man. much money to be doing that. Um, yeah. So, Dude, all I'm saying is like you spent so much time earlier this year being like, you know, I just don't know if I want to spend that much money on this new microphone. Like, yeah. I don't really know, but it's like. Literally one month of poke consumption probably equals that microphone at this point. <laughs> I'm just throwing that out there. Yeah. Well, we'll get it done. Um, should we should we steer back towards what made this such a, a wild, groundbreaking episode of Adventure Guys that people are listening to right now? The Adventure Time podcast? I don't know if we need to confront it head on. No. No, this is just a regular... Regular episode. <laughs> this is a regular show of adventure of adventure guys. Yeah, <laughs> sure is. And what, uh, and what do we do? So, we, we usually just do the episode discussion. Yeah, let's, let's do it. Let's discuss it. Episode discussion. All right. First off the bat, this isn't even about the episode. Do you watch this on HBO Max? Uh, I, this episode I did. Dude, what is going on with the HBO Max app? Do, is it work properly for you? Um, so here's a story. Okay. <laughs> uh, when HBO Max launched, I was an early adopter. I think I remember telling you for a couple months, yo, you got to get HBO Max. It's got all the Cartoon Network shows yeah. on it. And then we started a podcast about Cartoon Network shows. So, um, But I remember the user interface for the uh, desktop mode of HBO Max was so terrible. The way I like to watch streaming services on my computer is to have, is I have two monitors. So I like to have uh, as large a screen as possible on one monitor without it being maximized. So I can still see like tabs and control panel stuff. And then I do work on the other monitor and the HBO Max interface made that impossible. It's like you either have to have it maximized in full screen or it it did this thing where it like it put text like to the side of the video player. Mm -hmm. So you couldn't like make the window bigger without the text like bumping into something. And it was just a mess. And I was so mad about it. <laughs> so month, the first month goes by. And they send me an email survey. Ooh. They're like, 
like, what do you what do you think about this feature? Oh, what do you think? I was boy. like, hell yes. yes. And I went I went all in on this email That's survey. That's my boy. And load on them. <laughs> And uh, they're, they're like, you know, rate this one to ten. I did all the all the shit, and then I went and I wrote a whole bunch of extra comments. And like, this <laughs> needs to change. This needs to change. It's like, yeah, like there were all these bugs. I took this so seriously. I spent like almost forty five minutes doing this you, this customer satisfaction survey for HBO Max. And I'm happy to say that they implemented a lot of the changes that I wow. <laughs> wrote in on that. There you go. <laughs> but I will say, it is still. Uh, from time to time, a little bit buggy. Yeah. In uh, in yes. relation to like how streamlined Netflix. A little works. bit. A little bit buggy. Yeah. Sean, lay it on him. All right. So we've got this TV. It's a big TV. It's a nice TV. Well, it's a big TV. We're not going to say the the name of the company or anything like that. But what are you worried about throwing a TV company under the bus? I, I, maybe it's a Samsung. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think it's a Samsung. Fuck Samsung. There, I said it. There you go. Dude, yeah, there you go. Throwing that Samsung sponsorship out the window. Yeah, goodbye. So anyway. Sony, hit us up. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, this this TV is like, seriously, it feels like everything bricks, everything's slow, everything whatever. But then you open up HBO Max, and it's a completely other level of non- functionality it just doesn't function at all you just you just can't you like nick uh, you know i was like hey we're like gonna get ready to watch the episode whatever we sent you a message and then after that we literally went basically just like um hey let's click on the let's click on the app let's click on hbo max and when we opened it it was literally just like it just didn't work it didn't work at all you know what I mean? And then, like, Nick was just sitting there just like, I, I don't I don't know what to do. No, no, what so, like, we were late for this, Eric, <laughs> mainly because the HBO Max thing took about 10 minutes from turning on our TV and opening up HBO Max to the time that we could actually start the episode was 10 minutes of loading because the front page of it has, like, this, like, insane, like, in the heights preview where it plays like a, like, you know, Ooh, I- I watched that last night. Oh, nice. Well, it has this, this insane great. high-tech menu on there, which looks great, but it's like almost like it's overloading the app and the Samsung TV, so then it like takes a minute or two for that thing to load before you can do anything in the app, and then like the search function and like each layer of trying to goddamn get to this show, it took like minutes, so then I was, I was like, Sean, we are going to be really late because of this HBO X app. It's crazy, <laughs> um, and we, we, we curse it. Well, it's it's also on Hulu. A lot of the Cartoon Network shows yeah. are also on Hulu. Um, and my situation right now is I saw the Distant Land special together again. And I saw the premiere of In the Heights. Mm-hmm. Uh, so now my HBO Max subscription is going to lapse. I'm going to let it lapse because, you know, I do this shuffle around yes. where I save money. And Hulu does this to me like all the time. Where I cancel my Hulu thing, and then they they're like, "Wait, please don't leave. We'll let you have a free month uh, of the ad supported version." And then I'm like, "Well, okay." And then I use the ad supported version to watch cartoons because if you're only watching 11 minute episodes, you never get ads. There are no ad breaks. Wow, that's cool. Yeah, so uh, I'm about to start watching all the cartoons on Hulu and not HBO Max. Might, might be the way to go for us. 
Yeah, because they don't have all the seasons of everything, though. Uh, yeah. Well, they got a lot of it. Um, they probably have this show that we watched, this very regular, regular show. Um, you know, so we watched this episode of the regular show that we talk about here. Um, and it, you know, Sean and I were like very tired this day. So we watched this episode and then we just went on a tear of watching like eight episodes of regular show. It's been a while since I watched it and just the one episode was like, all right, I'm due for a rewatch. This show is so great. Yeah. Yeah. It was wild. Well, I mean, we can, we can start talking through it a bit and, uh, we were watching it had been years honestly eric since i had seen it maybe like six years or seven years and we start watching it and i'm like wait it, he's is he sleeping on a trampoline wait oh god there that where do that they live the greatest, I, I love that he sleeps on a trampoline yeah yeah what a fucking piece of trash rigby he <laughs> sleeps on a trampoline dude okay so i mean Wait, Sean, you do this too, right? You used to sleep on like a futon mattress on the ground? I do sleep on a futon mattress yeah. on the ground. Yeah, all right. Yeah, futon mattress on the ground club. Let's go. Yeah. And, you know, and of course, you know, I've spent many a night in the tour van. Um, so yeah, all, alternative trash beds, all about it. <laughs> Way to go. <laughs> yeah. Oh so, my God. Yeah. So- Dude, and in the episode, there's a shot. He's like going through all, all of his like garbage and shit. And there's a, a magazine of trampoline aficionado whoa what a great <laughs> pull oh my god that's amazing like he's all about it and they even do an episode where they d- discuss the origins of his trampoline bed oh really? And, really yeah because the whole time rigby's all all like yeah this is my bed i fucking love sleeping on a trampoline this is totally my choice and it was o- only it only ever transpired because mordecai like fucked him over in some way where like he mail ordered it or whatever. Yeah. He like yeah. fucked up Rigby's bed and yeah. So <laughs> and I he, love it. I love I lo- the trampoline bed. And then he never like did anything about it. That's so Rigby. Yeah. Um, that's so funny. <laughs> so he's sleeping in there and the, it opens with him on the trampoline chewing on a sweater, just going, I was just like, what? He's really being a raccoon. Yeah. It's like, what are we doing? And then he wakes up and he's like, Mordecai, I was dreaming about eating a chimichanga. We have to go right now. You were there, and so was Beans and guacamole. Like, let's go. And they get their chimichanga hats and then just dart right out. Dude, it was it was this moment, like instantly, like within the first ten seconds of the episode, that I'm I was like, I relate to Mordecai so much. Like, this is a character I am. Like, I see myself in because. I'm not the guy that wakes up and screams, let's go get chimichangas, but I am absolutely the guy that gets woken up and says, okay, sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Well, it's funny. Here was what I would say, Eric, in our friendship with me and you, I would say I'm more of the Rigby and you're the Mordecai. But in <laughs> Sean and I, I would say I'm the Mordecai and Sean's the Rigby. Yeah, it probably makes sense. It probably checks out. I think it's just maybe it's a natural dynamic that just occurs amongst friends. <laughs> yeah, depending yeah. on on how things go, and yeah, I, for sure, I am not uh, putting down anybody as someone who's both. I just name myself as both characters. Um, so yes, they're gonna go get there, and then they they come back. They're singing that chimichanga song, which is very <laughs> funny. Um, and I think they got the hats. They got the hats. In the meantime, the gumball machine is missing his cell phone. So the gumball machine. So the Yeti says, "Let's go Benson? find it." 
Yeah. The gumball machine, formerly known as Benson. As Benson. And the, and the Yeti, as Nick says, formerly known Skips. as Skips. No, but like, literally, I was sitting there, I was like, Sean, what is the gumball machine's name again? I can't, I can't remember. And it had been just long enough since I watched this show that just all the characters were just hitting me over the head like a ton of bricks. I was like, what? Like, I, like, I forgot how crazy it was. And Dude, th- I struggled with this. Like when I st- okay, so when I started watching Adventure Time for the for the very first time, uh-huh. it was, um, I think it was, I first got into the whole Cartoon Network, uh, mo- you know, Adventure Golden Time or cartoons. a regular show. What Adventure Time or regular show? So I, uh, what? Okay, go, just go. <laughs> so I f- okay, I first watched Steven Universe, loved got it. it. Then I watched Adventure Time. Took a little bit for me to get into it at first, but loved it. Then I watched Regular Show because that was like the natural progression uh-huh. from what the internet told me. And I stopped watching it after like the first 15 episodes or so. I was like, these characters don't make any sense. <laughs> I, I, I just, I don't understand. Like there is a human, but his head is like super huge and then there's also a gumball machine who also has a very round head the like these two characters are not visually distinct enough to to be as like conceptually distinct as they are and on top of that mordecai and rigby were fucking jerks i hated these characters okay there's an early episode where like they're partying with unicorns and unicorns are bros and douchebags and I'm just like, they had to make the shittiest character possible in order to make two shitty characters seem not as shitty. And I fucking hate this episode. I'm done with this show. And I, I was like mad. I was like disappointed. Like, like this show is not good at all. These characters are so unlikable. And oh my uh, God. very slowly, I started to like work a random episode in here and there. And it built momentum. And then I, you know, I fell in love with it. Oh, yeah. You know, you say the thing about Pops. Like there's a human, but his head's really big, and then there's a gumball machine who also has a really big head. I thought forever that Pops was one large gumball, or like a jawbreaker. <laughs> or I used to think that Pops was it's like, like a lollipop. A, yeah, like Pops was a lollipop. What yeah. is he really though? I don't. Is he anything? Is he like a thing, or is he simply a human with a giant head? He's like in like extra dimensional god. And he's very fragile. And he's like really stuck in like the 1920s. Like Nick and I saw another episode where they like really leaned into that. Like Pops had to go take out his car, you know, and it was like it was like a jalopy or like a Model T Ford. And then he turned on the radio and it was just like it's like immediately went to like some like but his head is so big that we watched five episodes and i must have said five times jesus christ that guy's head is huge like they had to like redesign the inside of a van around his head in one episode yeah you know we're like i don't know if he could fit in there um but yeah i just i couldn't make sense of these characters i didn't I didn't like Muscle Man. Oh my god! Oh my god, Muscle Man. Well, okay. So here's what I would say, Eric. Is I do relate to you, and this episode in particular was good. But these characters can be very frustrating due to their immaturity, which I know. Oh my god, is Rigby is such an ass. No, this episode. I can't stand Rigby most of the time. Most yeah. of the time, the reason I'm I'm like binging 
this show over on binging, 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 and then Rigby does something, I'm like, that's it. I can't, I can't interface with Rigby anymore. I'm out. Yeah, I'm out. I just can't deal with Rigby anymore. I, I totally agree. Like, and and Sean, I was saying this is an episode. So the gumball machine Benson comes in, and Rigby's room is just fucking disgusting. And Benson's like, "Clean this up, or you're fired." Which I paused the show and looked at Sean and said, "I have so many questions that I don't remember the answers to." I'm like. <laughs> He, they work for the gumball machine, and also he he gets to choose that they live there or they don't. But whatever, like it's. But but the point is, is that it's a type of episode of regular show where Rigby and Mordecai, but mostly Rigby, does something dumb, and Benson is mad at them and yells at them like four times in the episode, and he says, "Fix this, or you're, you're fired." fired. <laughs> it's like what half of episodes are built off of. and those episodes aren't the best this episode was pretty fun still but not the best the best is like we went then and rewatched in this episode they go down rigby goes down to the couch and thomas is there and i was like who in the fuck is thomas thomas such a weird character such a weird character he's an intern at the park and he he references his dorm i was like what does he they all live here, but he, I, I don't know. I was so confused. So we went back though and watched the first episode Thomas gets in, which is a season four premiere. And I was like to Sean, I said, this is the type of episode that I signed up for. And the type of episode that Eric, you, you that you watch the episode for, because at this point you're not dealing with dumb muscle man pulling shitty pranks. You're not dealing with Rigby being annoying. You dealing all of them like coming together to work on this thing. And it's this like, interdimensional space battle with a floating head <laughs> who's trying yeah. to build a freeway through the park and i'm like this is why i watched the show it's- yeah exactly and, and and the way these episodes typically work anyway is that even if the front half is like getting on your nerves what you get is the back half where something fucking bananas happens yeah the stakes always get so unnecessarily high and yeah, it's kind real. of supernatural and weird. Yeah. I mean, you know, for how crazy this show is, this episode was kind of traditional, like a tropey cartoon. One of the characters won't clean his room, and there's going to be some real consequences this time if he doesn't do it, but he just refuses to clean his room. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I, uh, I was a little bit surprised at how tame the climax of the episode wound up being. <laughs> yeah but i mean I, I kind of forgot how how everything shakes out it's been a couple of years since i watched the show but well yeah. it still had a little bit of absurdity to it because there's oh, yeah. always like an absurdist amount of like what's going on with their conflict but like you know on this one in particular it was like the wall what was it the wall buddy yeah. That's the name yeah. of the episode. Wall yeah, so, buddy. I mean, it's a pretty simple plot. He just keeps saying he won't clean it to the point, and he won't clean his room. He tries throwing it underneath Mordecai's bed in his bed. Um, I love the moment where he's like got a perfectly shaped and folded bed, and then he realizes there's trash under there. And then when he folds, when he like looks under the sheets and trash like spills outward out of the sheets and then like it doesn't make sense that there was trash under there because it was a flat bed <laughs> yeah perfect i love Amazing. that use of cartooning and then rigby's like dude 
clean up your shit. Mordecai. Oh, yeah. Mordecai is like, clean up your shit. Like, this is yours. And, like, you know, a big crux of the episode is that Benson is like, you got to clean up your room if you're going to live here. And Mordecai, rightly, is like, my my area is clean. This is all Rigby's shit. And he's like, I don't care whose it is. Like, you got to clean this shit up. And then later in the episode, yeah, Rigby is just not cleaning up and cleaning. He does the thing where he throws him under the bed and in the bed. And then they get into an argument again. And Benson's walking up the stairs with the salad. And here's Rigby literally just go, I will never clean this room, which which made <laughs> me laugh. And then Benson was like, that's still not clean. No more excuses. Like, um, and then and then Rigby's doing that thing where he has to clean, but his like body's getting all heavy. He's like, ah, ah. I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. Which I was like, Sean, that's kind of what you do when you have to clean. That's what I did when I had to clean, like as a kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As a kid. Yeah, like yeah. It's such yeah. a, a kid move. Such a kid move. Yeah, totally did that. He goes and talks to Thomas, and on TV there's this wall buddy, which is this thing that erects a weird wall. Like you put it on your wall, and then you it's voice activated. And you go, wall buddy, make a wall halfway through the room, and then it just does, and the Right? Is that the best way to describe it? Yeah, it's like a f- flexible partition. Remo- I don't know. It's it's like it's got an AI. I also want to throw like, out there that it seems like it has an infinite amount of wall that it can create. We come to <laughs> yeah. discover it seems like there is no boundary to there's no maximum to how much wall it can generate. And the wall itself Sean, you pointed out. The wall itself is the texture of the title card for the show. Which is that weird void. Oh, yeah. That weird red <laughs> void. So the texture of Wall Buddy was the texture of the weird red void that is the title card for a regular show. Dude, whenever that void shows up, like every now and then it'll it'll appear like they'll cut out a texture or something. It's like it's so trippy. It's like scary. Yeah. It's like the world is falling apart. Yeah. Like, yeah. It just looks like, like the walls breaking and like the end of the world. Yeah. So so Rigby gets the wall buddy and makes a wall down the middle of him and Mordecai's room and puts all the mess on Mordecai's side. And then Mordecai comes up and is like, dude, clean up your mess. He's like, it's on your side of the room. Benson said you have to clean it up. Otherwise, you're going to be fired. So I would clean up if I was you. And he was like, dude, this is your mess. And at this point, I was like, this is the fourth time, I think, in the episode we've heard this argument. I don't want to hear it anymore. Like, (laughs) I was literally getting fed up and he keeps going. And then they start manipulating Wall Buddy. And Mordecai's like, Wall Buddy, build a wall around Rigby's mess. And then it pushes the mess over to Rigby. And then he's like... Put put the mess by Mordecai, and then it like smashes all that stuff in on Mordecai, and, and yeah, and they keep just going, and they start being like French doors, and he kicks the the mess through, and like window, and and all these things, and then they they essentially overload Wall Buddy. They like give it too many instructions all at once, and then as Nick so appropriately described it, it looks like Wall Buddy has an eye, and the eye gets tired. Yeah. And then it f- closes and it spazzes out and it's broken. And then it just starts generating infinite walls in every direction. <laughs> Which, yeah. Um, and then they have their kind of talk and Mordecai is like, Rigby, why is it every time you have to do something so simple like this, you just buy a dumb product instead of doing the thing? He's like, when have I ever done that? And next to him, he has like a board game called Russian. 
and and it has a hammer and sickle on hammer it. Hammer and sickle on it, and then there was some other like brain power thing, and he moves it over. And yeah, it, those are from other episodes. Yeah. Oh, nice. I didn't even realize. <laughs> All right, there we go. And Mordecai's <laughs> just like, well, "Are you mad that you got called out that you're messy?" And and Rigby goes, "No, it's part of the rig package, but." I'm just mad because when Benson said to clean up, you sold me out right away. And, you know, we're supposed to be in this together. And now I realize that my only buddy is wall buddy. And look how that's going. And Mordecai's like, I'm sorry. Like, that wasn't cool of me, man. Like, let's figure this out together. And I just want and, and then they come together and they're buddies again. And then they, you know, they go and solve the thing, of course. But I don't know if I agree with that resolution. Like, was Mordecai in the wrong to sell out Rigby in the beginning? I don't know. Whether it was sincere or not, it's undercut by the ending of the episode anyway. Yeah. Where, like, he immediately throws him under the bus again. They throw they each, other each other under the bus. No, he's, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I know. At the end. So yeah. anyway, they, then they, they're, now that they're friends again, they go and they get Wall Buddy and they run up and, and, and smash its faceplate and stop it and it's destroyed the whole house. But luckily, it's misplaced the dirt and Rigby's trash all over the park, so they don't have to clean it up. But also, they have no furniture left, and there's holes, and the house is destroyed. Um, which does not make Ben's in the gumball machine very happy, who's their boss and landlord. Um, and uh, But by the beginning of the next episode, I'm sure it'll all be fine again. So I'll be, It's going to be just regular. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was just like, I don't know. That That's the kind of thing that would get under my skin. Like, you know, Sean, you and I, or like when you're a kid and your friend does something... You know what I mean? And then they're mad and you're like, but they don't get to be mad about that. They're in the wrong. And your mom or your teacher, someone's like, just let it go. Like, and you're like, no, that's not right. Like Rigby should have just cleaned up his goddamn mess. And this is all his fault and it's all his mess. And he was supposed to clean it up. And, but then you're like, okay, fine, Rigby, I forgive you. I don't know. It's just. Yeah. So this is season five. At this point, like, I guess I had come to terms with the fact that they weren't you know just total douchebags as characters like they did have redeeming qualities but Rigby is still very frustrating (laughs) and it's interesting though because his character arc over the whole series is far more dynamic than Mordecai's Mm -hmm. Uh, it seems like Mordecai is a little stuck and and doesn't really you know get to develop all that much and Rigby by the end of the show is like more like a Jake the dog kind of character. Uh-huh. He's a lot more like at peace with things and and he's got a girlfriend and has you know a little bit more figured out than Mordecai. Very interesting. Can we talk about something for a second? Doesn't Mordecai's girlfriend is also a bird? But then it, yeah. isn't Rigby's girlfriend a a human? No, no Rigby's girlfriend a- is is a beaver i think she has a, a tail okay. she looks like a human but she does have a tail gotcha gotcha eileen, gotcha by the way is my favorite character on the show oh yeah eileen yeah he's pretty great I, I eileen is she doesn't get introduced uh until a few seasons in i don't think yeah and she's just sort of margaret's friend that works at the coffee shop uh-huh. um like very ancillary character um but as soon as that character was introduced i i knew like 
this is gonna be my favorite character. Yeah, yeah. They, I, they, Eileen is just gonna gonna do it. And throughout the series, she becomes more and more involved, and it's like it gets better and better because well, of that character. We, we yeah. watched an episode where they were her and Margaret were very tangentially involved, but their energy is just so fantastic, and, and it really <laughs> makes it's like. You know, I think what's great about Adventure Time is there's more feminine energy all over that show. And this show is very, like, boys. Like, this is, oh, like, it's dude. it's such a boys club. Boys yeah, club. Yeah, it, it is tiresome at times. And then, But then you get those two, and they're, like, cool girls that are interesting. And I, it's almost like a breath of fresh air. You're like, oh, thank God. Like, we need you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And they're also just be- better people than Mordecai and Rigby, generally know, speaking. Right? <laughs> just, like... You know, um, I did want to say, though, something I love about regular show, compositionally speaking of like the whole show, um, it feels to me pretty different than other cartoons in the way that. So obviously it's got that that theme song, right? <laughs> and then once that's done in almost every single episode, there is no soundtrack for over half the episode after that and it's like really long cuts of like silence and the people talking and like literally nothing else and almost always in the show the music never comes in again until whatever the like absurdist existential threat is and then we get some like awesome music all the way to the end of the show or whatever and, and what yeah, that music and it's a lot of like rock power metal yeah. kind of music yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah, what i was gonna yeah, say yeah and the other thing that's kind of interesting about this show is that they license a lot of music wow. there's a lot of popular songs um that they use or they'll uh change the lyrics to do their own version of but they license a lot of like existing popular songs that doesn't happen often in cartoons no it doesn't oh pretty awesome but it also feels like maybe you know that's a part of why it's like oh we're just gonna have no music at all no music at all and then one song and then that's it for like all of the music in this you know yeah i uh i wonder who is the guy that is in charge of the music i don't know can you look it up like is is this some miscellaneous mania yeah we'll save it for miscellaneous mania (laughs) Okay. Um, can I ask you a question? Did you see the snail? Eric, did you see the snail? No, I didn't see the snail. Sean, did you see the snail? No. I almost said yes, but it would have been a lie, so no. Nick, did you see the snail? No. All right. Well. <laughs> dang. Maybe next time. I gotta look harder. I I really I really. It's I probably really in the trash the, pile somewhere. I dropped the ball on that one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, Miss Lady Mania.
What did you? Well, find? Ho- holy shit! Uh, you know who the composer is for regular show? Who? Who? Mark Mothersbaugh. Whoa! <laughs> let's go. That's and cool. Th- I I can't believe I didn't realize that, but I was thinking of um, close enough. The yeah. New JG yeah. Quintel show, and I know Mark Mothersbaugh does the music on that, so that makes sense. Well, okay. Uh, and obviously he's a busy motherfucker, so he's probably not spending you know all of his time doing little incidental scene change bumper music. No, just like it, just come in for the heavy rock shit. Right now, I, I'm curious <laughs> yeah. about this, Eric. This might be something you know more of, and I've tangentially looked into it. It's something I should know more of, but it seems like with a Mark Mothersbaugh, like he's got his studio. Like I've seen the studio. It's in this like old building in LA, and it's fucking sweet. It's like a circle, and he's got all these crazy instruments. There's a Earthquaker devices went to the studio and he walked them through it. It's really cool. But he's got like a whole team of people and other people. And I, like at that point it says Mark Mothersbaugh like did it. But does that mean that like he might have a team that helped him sort of like, you know, and I guess famously Hans Zimmer kind of has that where it's like oh, he God. writes. I can't stand Hans Zimmer. Mark, but Mark Mothersbaugh probably writes a lot of it, but then he's got people who will help flesh it out like and and finish it off and maybe mix it or record it. Well, uh, maybe because we we do have two other composers listed under his first credit. Uh, John Enroth and Albert Fox have uh, second billing. Oh, on, there you under go. The composer credit. So yeah, uh, yeah. Like part of his. That's probably squad. what the situation is. Yeah. Because he's got he's got so many goddamn things that he scores. Like, who's is there anyone more prolific scoring? Like of the last like, tw- I, I mean I guess there probably is, but like he's just like on everything animation wise, animation and movies and TV. Yeah. I don't know. I definitely it's a lot. Well, it's I think maybe he, just the things he, I watch. <laughs> for someone as prolific as he is, I think he's definitely one of the more consistently high quality. Yeah, and selective like, like TV and film sc- like score composers. Um, I really like the work he did on Disenchantment. Um, and I think, you know, he did, um, the, the Thor movie. I think oh, he's really? doing the next one okay. with, cause Taika Waititi is also doing that one. I think they're, they're buds. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, obviously gotcha. the, the Wes Anderson movies, um, he just crushes. Mm-hmm. We are watching Life Aquatic recently. Remember just that fight oh. scene? And then there's that insanely awesome, just like drum machine that comes in. Yeah. The, the. Yeah, it's literally one of the best parts of the entire movie. So great. I mean, yeah. Rugrats is another career highlight. He wrote that theme song. Oh, yeah. He's really prolific. Do you know who is like maybe like of a previous generation, someone who was like as prolific, but like, you know doesn't get talked about for being prolific was um, Ennio Morricone did 400 films. Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, he basically created a genre, but could you imagine back then? Like he didn't have like the tech that these guys do now. Doesn't have a sound library. No, he didn't have a sound library. He didn't have any of that. He was like pence. That guy was pencil and paper, 400 films. You know what I'm saying? That's wild to me. That's a every day. That's a that's an office job of scoring. <laughs> yeah. an, every day you wake up and you you're just writing. Yeah, it's so crazy. Yeah, I read an uh, or I listened to an 
interview with um, Grant Kirkhope, who's the composer for the Banjo Kazooie music. Oh, I, wow. Yeah, of course, the whole album of that. Um, <clears throat> and he was talking about working for Rare uh, as like a video game composer, and he said that like one of the best things for like having basically an in-house gig with with a a company like that was that he just worked nine to five. Like he just showed up at the office and he composed for a full day's work and then went home. And like, that was just his daily grind. And he loved working that way. I could never do something like that, mm-hmm. but like that was his, his like big, like, like pro of working for a company. Yeah. That you just get to compose nine to five. Well, people talked about that with like, um, like I know like DreamWorks and like the animators for all that stuff talk about how like once you got in on a job at DreamWorks, they just assigned you to a movie and you just did it until it was done. And then they assigned yeah. you to a- another movie. Famously, recently, the, um, you know, in celebration of the 20th anniversary of everyone's favorite film, Shrek, um, <laughs> some people who worked on it talked about how when they were at DreamWorks and got assigned to shrek they were like we are being sent to siberia to work on this project that's never actually going to get finished because they heard that the like creative team like was sending the animators so many different things and so much wild stuff that they were basically just going to be animating a movie forever and ever and ever and ever and ever that was like never going to get finished but it's a company like that so you just like show up for your job and you do it every day and then you leave and you're like well all right, I'll try again tomorrow. Did, did, speaking of Shrek, did you guys see the meme where someone was like, Sh- what if Shrek is in his real name? He didn't have a name, and he didn't realize he didn't have a name until Donkey asks him what his name is, and then he pauses and goes, uh, Shrek? Like it didn't matter. Like it yeah. didn't matter, and then now he's saddled with that name for forever. <laughs> dude it's a deep me- it's it's a meme or it was on youtube or something and i watched that and i was like whoa that's in that's an interesting layer watch it it kind of works it's been a while since i watched trek last oh yeah me too. To, yeah <laughs> any other regular show trivia mania that we need to talk about uh, well, this episode was storyboarded by Calvin Wong and Minty Lewis. Uh, Minty Lewis is the voice actor for Eileen. Oh, cool. Okay. And I think the story goes, she was just a storyboarder and she was writing, I think the episode where Eileen first appears. Uh, so <clears throat> she was just in the room, like pitching some of the things that Eileen would say and, the executives were like, yeah, you you have the voice for Eileen. You're going to be that character. You want to do it? <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> well, it works for the show. I mean, yeah. that's one of the things that endeared me to the show when I first saw it was I, I watched it, and Mordecai, who's obviously the J.J. Quintel, the creator of the show, just the way he talks, I was like, wait a minute, that's not a voice actor. You know what I mean? Like, that is the most real-sounding person I've ever heard. And it was like, can I hear? I want to hear that guy talk again. Like, what? That's what his voice sounds like? They got someone like that to do it? Like, he's not g- good, but it's incredible. Yeah. 
Well, because Rigby is a cartoon character. Yeah. Rigby's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, uh, no, I'm not going to clean up this mess. <laughs> and then, like, Mordecai is just like a dude. Ooh, chill out, man. <laughs> like, oh, I can't do it well. But uh, it's, like, very distinctive and very, co- I don't know, it's just very cool and disarming and gives the whole show its feel, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Have you seen, like, a photo of J.G. Quintel? Yeah. Because he absolutely looks like his voice. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he does. Yeah. It lines up. <laughs> Some people it doesn't checks line out. up. It checks up there. Yeah. And well, I mean, hey, close enough. His character basically is just him, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, hey, so I have a question here. Um, is there any creative or direct creative or voice actor connection to Adventure Time in this episode? Uh this episode, I was going to say that Minty Lewis does a cameo on one Adventure Time episode. Okay, Nick and I also it's... watched um, a JG Quintel cameo, actually a Mordecai cameo on yeah, Adventure it, Time yeah. the other day. The other day, yeah, we were watching it. We we woke up. I was like, dude, I want to watch Adventure Time. Bemo telling the story to Marceline. Yeah, I was like, what a Bemo Marceline episode. I was like, that <laughs> I want. Yeah, and, what a great combo. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then and then they're in like Bemo's flashback and there's a bird in the sky and it's just going, Whoa! 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 And then Nick looked at me and was like, Oh my god, is that Mordecai? And I was like, I think so. And then it went, Whoa! And then me and Nick were like, Alright, we gotta go watch some regular show right now. Um, yeah. Which that episode was great. More I mean Bemo's story world was just so fucked up it was great (laughs) yeah uh but i don't i don't know if there's a whole lot of other uh crossovers does mark hamill ever do a voice on adventure time mark hamill i'm not sure he skips oh wow i didn't realize that oh it makes sense though he's got such a deep crazy voice when he wants to you know what i mean it's wild yeah he's great he's uh he's gonna be skeletor in the new masters of the universe series that's coming out soon Whoa, nice i love skips man he's like skips is like the wise you know he's supposed to be like the wise i've seen it all new yorker guy you know what i mean well, he's, yeah he, i mean he's i mean he's hundreds of years old well yeah he is he is immortal and all that stuff. Yeah. And uh, he's also patient with Mordecai and Rigby. But I was just saying, like, the accent that he has. Oh, I love oh. that. I yeah. love that it's, like, you know, the wise the wise man that's, like, immortal and is basically, like, this crazy legend. You don't want to go down that path, boys. <laughs> yeah. It's, like, that guy, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. It does have a, an East Coast thing to it. You're right. You're totally right. I, I have the regular show art book. Uh, but I haven't read the whole thing yet. Um, but I have like sort of flipped through sections, and I, there's the part where they interview Mark Hamill about doing skips, and mm. I think like they kind of lucked into talking him into the role. Like it wasn't something that he was like necessarily super down for, but like they they talked him into it, and they had him do like a like a Star Wars reference at on some episode and he was just like not into it at all. And was yeah. like pretty candid about sharing how not into it he was, but they eventually like won him over, I guess. Yeah. Cause it's such a wild show. Yeah. Nice. I'm looking to see if he's done a adventure time voice. 
You'd, you'd think That's he insane. had. You'd think he had. What is it's Eric like Adventure Time is too big of a animated show for it not to have every big voice, voice actor guy, for yeah. animation in it, right? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Hmm. Wow. Well, all right. I'm not seeing it. Maybe, uh, maybe Dang. it never happened. Dang. All right. Maybe we can get him in a start a fan campaign to cast him in the next Distant Lands. Oh, that'd be yeah. perfect. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, but, uh, this is a very fun uh, sojourn into this this world, into the park. Indeed. Shall we? Uh, shall we return to the land of Ooh? <laughs> sure. Let's see what we'll watch. Next week. Yeah. What are we gonna watch next week? What are we gonna watch? Let's go. Cool. This is gonna be a good one. Uh, episode forty-three, which is season two, episode seventeen, "Death in Bloom." Oof. Whoa. I think this is the first time we meet the character Death. I believe so, too. And and when we go to the Dead World for the first time. So this will be a nice little follow-up. All right. From, from, our, from our best playing episode of Adventure Guys history. The Distant Lands app. All right. Let's go. Let's, if, 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 if anyone that came to our podcast because we did a popular episode of, of the show and was really into it when we you know were on topic... Uh, and then they listen to last week's episode. And we're like, it's a little bit random, but okay. And then they listen to this episode. And they're like, I don't know what these guys are doing. This doesn't seem like it's about Adventure Time anymore. And you've still made it this far. Let me uh, assuage your doubts because we are now going to follow up in logical fashion our most popular episode. And you can stick with us for one more. Give us one more chance. Give it one more try. And for anyone who's fully in now and you're our people. Which we've got a couple of you. If you're liking the podcast, we just say, tell one friend. Just one. There's probably somebody you think might like it. Tell someone. Yeah, be like, hey, listen to this. Listen to these guys. They're idiots. They like Jeff Rosenstock a lot. <laughs> and they talk about cartoons sometimes. Um, that's how I describe this podcast. Tell your Tell your friends. Tell your guys, yep. tell your girls, tell your cats and your dogs and your your bubblegum friends and your your um your peppermint butlers. Tell them all. <laughs> nice. Cool. Cool. Well, thanks for coming on again, Sean. Yeah, my pleasure. That was a very great and regular episode, so I, I appreciate that. That was fun. Hell yeah. All right. <laughs> cool. Thanks, Sean. All right. Peace, y'all. All right, Peace y'all. Out, y'all. Bye. Bye.